Hey, everybody. If you have a creative mind, this episode is definitely for you. And even if you don't lean towards the creative or artistic, there's some really cool tips about scaling, processes, systems, automation, all of the stuff that is key to growing your business. My guest today is Michelle Lynn. She is the owner of ML Interiors Group, a successful design firm based in Dallas, Texas. And she's also the founder of Designed for the Creative Mind, where she teaches other interior designers the proven practices and processes that give them more time to design because they're not stuck in that admin role trying to juggle all the hats. We talk about why it's important and how building a strong team and having those processes are the key to her success and her clients. I think you're going to love this one. So everybody check it out. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Hey, could you do me a quick favor? Take a screenshot of this podcast episode right now and post it on your Instagram and tag me and anybody else who you think could benefit from it, especially if you've been finding value. I'm so grateful for you listening. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. Super excited to have you on the show today. And I'm going to have you introduce yourself, but I have to tell you that part of why I'm really excited to talk about or talk to you is because for a brief period in time, I thought about becoming a designer. And my grandmother started, you know, way back in like the 50s, started her career as a designer. So it's nice to meet with and talk to an incredible expert. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. That, that, yeah. is, that is so cool. Yes, it's it's such an, a, an interesting industry. And thank you, Emmy, for having me as a guest. You know, I'm just honored to be amongst the amazing group of people that you've had conversations with thus far. So thank you for, for oh, you're having you're welcome. Me. You're welcome. Yeah, I had... I thought I wanted to be an architect until I realized that like calculus and math was not my forte. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, Oh, design would be fantastic because I love the space and the textures and the colors and everything. And then I just ended up with business. So, you know, it's uh, there, there's still time. There's still right. Time. Yes. <laughs> right? I plan on living for a really long time. So share with everybody you know, who's listening, who you are, what you do and what makes you magic. Oh, right. Uh, magic. Um, magic. Like <laughs> so my name is Michelle Lynn and mm-hmm. I'm based in Dallas, Texas. I own an interior design firm called ML Interiors Group and have been in that industry for a, a decade, I think about a decade. And a few years ago, I started a platform called Designed for the Creative Mind which takes the business of interior design and teaches it to those creatives who may or may not know, like you were talking about how you have a passion for design, but you went into business. Well, a lot of designers don't have any of that business background. So I'm running those two entities. And, you know, on the personal side, I've adopted a baby. So she's almost two now. Congratulations. Thank you. That's keeping, keeping me on my toes. So when I say that there's still time, 
Girl, I'm almost 50 and I've got myself a two-year-old. So there's there's not a timeline <laughs> <Right>? for life. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I have a whole like next life planned for when I turn 83. <laughs> there you go. And I'm not 50 yet either. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're a planner. You're a planner. Totally a planner. And because I like the evolution of like how the plan changes and it just amuses me too, like that's so far away for me. And yet I've got this, like when I turn 83, I'm going to do these things. <laughs> oh, so, it yeah. keeps you looking forward and giving you hope and something to look forward to as well. It really motivates me to grow um, mm-hmm. and push myself to new limits because I want to be done with just certain things in my life, like have them accomplished. Yes. And and then start accomplishing new things. So that is awesome. Been, I love that approach. Yeah, it's been really cool. That's and that number. Random. Random. Yes. Totally yes. random. So how did you get started in design? So this is actually my third industry, my third career. Mm-hmm. I ended up in design because the corporate job that I was working, which was completely non-design related, wasn't what I loved doing and the company got sold. So I thought that was a great opportunity for me to, to try something different. And Mm -hmm. so literally I said, okay, God, what next? And it was just, my friends have always asked me to come over and help me with their house, my family and so forth. And so I figured, well, I might as well start getting paid for it. And I started my company doing home staging organizing and the term at the, at the time, I think it was like an HGTV thing was redesign because yes. I also didn't have the credentials or the confidence to call myself a designer at the time. So I stepped out of management over the course of about a year and a half, um, kind of stairs as I was two levels up and then I went part-time and then I was able to go completely full-time in 2010 Mm-hmm. And the company itself has just evolved. Like you were saying, you have a plan, but you just have to kind of go with the flow and see where it, see where the path leads you and strategically, of course. Right. So it's 100% design right now. We don't do any home staging. We don't do any organizing. It is all renovations, remodels, furnishings. We do residential we do some commercial, we do multifamily. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Okay. That's incredible. And I love it. You've got like so many different areas that you can move within. What I'm curious about is like, have you naturally been a systems and process person? Oh, well, I would really like to say yes, but that would not be completely honest. (laughs) Um, I was, but I didn't know it. So in the two previous industries that I worked in, there were systems and processes that I had to adhere to as an employee. So, or as, as a manager in those two entities. So then when I started my own business, I was floundering. Like I was just all over the place and I was losing money and I was losing sleep and I was newly married. So I I needed to stay focused on being a a present and, you know, good wife. And I almost threw the towel in. And then it was just one of those days where it's like, well, duh. And all of your other 20 something years worth of experience, what was the thing that was consistent? It was the systems. It was the processes. It was the consistent procedures because people will fail, but processes and procedures don't. 
So I just became obsessed and I was, I just started writing everything down, writing everything down and whatever worked, we would rinse and repeat. Whatever didn't work, we would work on falling forward and creating a process that we could rinse and repeat. So now it's just what I preach all the time. And that's Mm -hmm. where that designed for the creative mind came from is teaching other designers processes. Let your company run itself. When I went and uh, adopted that aforementioned child, I left the state for 30 days. It was a domestic adoption, but we still had to be in the other state for 30 days. And my company ran itself. My designers who were creative minds and not business people could run the business perfectly fine. I got very few phone calls asking questions. So at that point, I was like, yeah, this works. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying because my clients are in different industries, but very similar. Like they are creative minds and they started their business because of whatever service they offer not to run a business, except now they've grown to that place where it's like, oh, I have a business to run and I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and I'd like to make some money doing it. Right? Yeah. And and not work 6 billion hours you know, uh. a week. Yes. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. So how can creating the processes build confidence? So what I have found for myself, and I've had it like reconfirmed through the students and my coaching clients is that Mm -hmm. once you get these processes in place, not only do you have the confidence of getting from point A to point B in the shortest and most efficient amount of time, But your clients, when you explain your processes, I mean, not down to the minutia, but at the 30,000 foot level, we explain to our clients, here's our process. They have more confidence in us and are willing to pay more for our services because they have confidence that we're going to be good stewards of their money. Mm -hmm. And it's a snowball effect. Plus, you're just cruising. It's like having a roadmap of how to get from Los Angeles to New York in the shortest amount of time. You're not veering off unless you choose to, of course, to go see the Grand Canyon or something, but you're not veering off course. You're going directly from point A to point B and you're taking your client with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find too, that when you have systems and processes in place, not only what you said, but the clients really valuing and appreciating their experience, but you have more time and more freedom and you're making more money. Yes. You have more time to do what it is that you're passionate about. It's, I think that you're not spending the time or the energy trying to recreate the wheel for every project because, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in our industry, every project is different, but the process remains the same. And so you're absolutely right. You have a lot more time to deliver a higher quality product or service or, you know, space because you're not having to go recreate the wheel Mm -hmm. in so many different areas of the business. Yeah, absolutely. And at least with my clients, I'm curious if you experience the same thing because they're creative minded, they look at the systems and the process and it's kind of like deer in the headlights. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that once, once they understand that it makes life easier, then they become a a huge fan and a huge advocate of Mm -hmm. the processes themselves. But 
one to create them, I think is overwhelming, which is why I love to be able to say, look, this is what works for me. How can we tailor it to you? Mm -hmm. Um, Plagiarize it if you need to. But then you can also scale your business because you've become an advocate of these processes. And as you hire other individuals to help, you don't have to manage them as much as the business processes will lead them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's that first hurdle, but once they've seen how it works for other designers, and thankfully I can literally share with them that this has been successful, that they'll buy in. They're not, you know, as long as they're not the first. Right. Right. And I don't know about you as well, but like my clients, because what they do comes so naturally to them, frequently mm-hmm. they're not charging enough. They don't want to ask like sales and the idea of making a ton of money is scary for them. Yeah. That's one of the things that I instinctually knew that when I created my my interior design business masterclass, I, I, I instinctively knew that. And, but I, I'm still surprised at how little designers will charge. And part of it is, I believe we all have our own money stories and our money issues that we've grown mm-hmm. up with, you know, whatever our, our story is that we brought to this business stays there. A relationship that we have with money, taking for granted that this is so easy for, for me, why would somebody pay me a bucket of money? Right. Um, but then it's also, well, you know, let's flip that on its head. And what are you delivering? Like you are delivering not just a beautiful, like in my industry, not just a beautiful space, not just a beautiful home, but you are creating a refuge for busy people, busy professionals, busy moms, busy individuals to come home to and recharge and relax and be the best person that they can be when they wake up in the morning because their space nurtures them. And when it's a well-done design and everything's comfortable and you can use it and it's functional, then your clients are more efficient in their own space. So oh my God, yes. Reframing it. I mean, because if, if you're always looking for your keys, you don't know where the heck they're supposed to be, then you're just running around like a crazy person. If you create yeah. a space where you, how do you live? You walk in and this is what you do, then let's make that functional. Mm -hmm. No, I so agree with you. And to me, the value is tremendous. I Mm -hmm. moved out of the house that I raised my kids in, lived in for 12 years um, out in the burbs and moved into downtown Philly this past August. And I got rid of literally everything. Oh, boy, didn't that feel good? Oh my God. Yes. And and I had, I mean, all of my furniture was old, you know, some from college still, but everything had been like the boys have grown up on it. The front, their friends have jumped all over it, multiple mm-hmm. dogs, et cetera. Like it had exhausted its use <laughs> yeah. anyways. And I'd just been waiting to be able to move. And I had a designer come and like map everything out, do the layout, coordinate everything in the midst of me moving my younger guy going to college and moving my older guy into Philly as well. And like the sense of peace and tranquility that he was handling everything and everything was going to match and scale like correctly. Like a lot of times I'm like, just pick a lamp that you think is going to go. 
<laughs> and then you get it home and you're like, nope, not quite. Right. And he, like, everything is exactly the way I wanted it. And yeah. that experience is so valuable because I work from home and I'm here all the time. And aren't you glad you had that done? Yes. yes. I don't want to spend the time. I'm not a, like, I cannot do like the TJ Maxx stuff. And I know some people love it and they're excellent at it. It sends me right into like my eyes rolling in the back of my head. Well, <laughs> I, you know what? Ironically, I can totally understand that. Like I'm blessed with two amazing designers. My business outgrew my skill set, And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful because like, I just don't like shopping anymore. <laughs> oh no, that either. Or even, or just like shopping for something like going, like you said, going into TJ Maxx, which is a great place and it works well for so many solutions. But, you know, I much prefer creating the custom option or semi-custom option for our clients so that they have exactly what you're saying, exactly what you want. And with today's performance fabrics and so forth, like you can have a light colored couch, spill red wine on it and not cry. Right? Yeah. It's amazing what's available these days. Yeah, it's incredible. So I think that, I mean, I just love what you're saying because the value and having other designers and other creative people in general, like really look at the value and recognizing that just because it's easy for them doesn't mean that it's easy for everybody else. Yeah. And I think that's probably the same thing with you. When you give your clients permission Mm -hmm. or when you explain to them that just because it's easy for you doesn't mean that it's a low value service, then things start to open up. And it's also if like one of my tenants is or business tenants, not like mm-hmm. residents, but is to um, not charge by the hour. Let's create a flat fee, a value-based fee, because mm-hmm. if you're really good at what you do, it takes you fewer hours and you're working yourself out of money. Well, and you can't scale or go on vacation. Amen to that. Yes. And I am all about a good vacation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny is that I get more client calls, like new client calls when I go on vacation. And I think, yeah. And I think part of it is just because, you know, you're putting that vibe out. That's just like, yeah, this is all under control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and the the business runs itself. Yeah. So you said that you've outgrown, your business has outgrown your design skills. Mm-hmm. At what point did you recognize that? And I guess one, how did it feel? But two, like that, this is where, for me at least, like you're really stepping into a new leadership role because you've got to step back and let other people kind of take charge in different areas. Well, I, I've nicknamed it efficiently lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, it was when it is. It was when it really just started not being fun, because like I love stretching myself. Like I, I really enjoy getting to places that I haven't been before, climbing mm-hmm. new mountains. But mm-hmm. it wasn't a fun stretch. It was when I felt like I was disappointing my clients by not delivering to the expectation that I knew I could have, that I knew that I could have, but probably didn't. So. It was that internal. And I don't believe I had any clients that were like disappointed, but it was that instinct knowing that Michelle, you probably could have done better, but I was just not interested in doing better. So 
hiring individuals that love that part of it. Like I just like all of those details. Like you talked about your designer pulling all of those details together. I got to a point where it's like, just put that couch. I know it's 72 inches and we probably need 76, but we'll make it work. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, those little details like that. Right. Right. So not showing up in your highest self and serving. Yeah. As well as, yeah. That's a a very concise way to answer that. Exactly right. So you're aware of that and you start bringing team members on. I know, again, in my experience, a lot of entrepreneurs feel like, you know, oh, it's hard to train somebody. They're not going to do as good of a job. Sometimes it's just way easier Mm -hmm. for me to do it myself. How did you overcome that and build a team that, you can go on vacation or be you know, out of state and away from your business for a month and have it be on autopilot. Because for me, that's the true sign of success. Well, thank you for the vote of confidence and the success, because sometimes it feels like overwhelming when you have your own business and you have team members. But I believe that the, the key is, is knowing that it's an investment. So mm-hmm. hiring slowly and then telling your new team member that here's the expectations. And like, I tell them straight up, look, I'm going to be micromanaging you for the first 90 days. It is what it is. It's not fun for you. And it's not fun for me, but I'm going to be checking everything that you do and correcting you or sometimes learning from you. Um, But it's also that these individuals are not my staff. They are my team members. They are my colleagues. So you are like, we are equals in many senses of the job. So I would encourage the creatives to say, spend that time, be exhausted for 90 days, setting those expectations, making sure that communication is key, meeting with your new hire regularly, but at least once a week for a recap, you know, give them feedback, get feedback. And then you're meeting with them after that first trial, 90 days, you're going to know whether or not they're a fit. If they're not a fit, I say hire slow, but get rid of them quickly. And it sucks, but Mm -hmm. it needs to be done. And then if they, if they are continuing on with you, then you're meeting with them, you know, once a month for the next few months to make sure that everything's working and there's that communication. But I think the key is is setting expectations Mm -hmm. because your new team member cannot read your mind. If you're not setting expectations or correcting them or pushing them a little bit further, then you're not doing your job. Right. Um, Right. it's, It's just like being married. It's like my husband cannot read my mind. So, you know, if I expect him to clean up the kitchen and he doesn't, how am I supposed to be disappointed? Because Mm -hmm. he can't read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) so it's the same thing with your team and while they might not do it exactly the way you would do it I think letting go of the path but uh, allowing the result to be Mm -hmm. expected so whether they get from from here to there the exact path that you would probably not because we all think differently but I have been pleasantly surprised. And that's also how I knew that me relinquishing some of the design um, leadership aspect of it 
I have, when I was pleasantly surprised that the deliverables that my new team members were bringing were better than what I would have thought of, then right. I knew that was on the right path. And then yeah. we collaborate. So creating a team that lifts each other. So my two, I have two lead designers and myself, and we all collaborate on each project. So we share ideas and elevate each other. They just happen to lead them. And then I sign off on it and and roll. So mm-hmm. I love the synergy that is in it, that's in the company. There's not competition. And if there is competition, it's just a very healthy, like, ah, <laughs> I'm going to show right. her and I can, you know, whatever. Right. So it's fun. So, yeah. I think that's an amazing way to look at it because it's, well, first of all, let me just say, sometimes I wish I could read my mind. That'd be so much easier, but thank God we have Slack. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean the, again, it aligns to with me with the like the team aspect of it. You get people's buy-in if you're not treating them like they're less than you. Yes, and I've been in management since I graduated college, like literally. Mm-hmm. So I've learned the lumps and the bumps, and I've had feedback from you know previous individuals that I've worked with. And it's always just been, you know, hire the best and let them do their thing. Yeah. As you've grown your business and you've brought on team members and you have these courses that designers can invest in, what's the one thing about being a leader that has made the biggest difference for you? I truly love seeing other people grow. It's made the biggest difference for me. And I, I think, I think that that is the most empowering, the most rewarding thing is when, when you can launch somebody, mm-hmm. it's probably like you with your children. It's like when yeah. you, when you nurture them for a while and then you launch them and you see them fly. And even if they're scared, if they're like, well, what if we fall? And you're like, yeah, but what if we fly? I think that to me is the most rewarding in all industries that I've ever worked is watching my team grow, grow up. And I've been able to see that on a personal scale, you know, Mm -hmm. in some of my smaller teams that I've led, and I've seen it on a professional side as well, when somebody leaves and goes and does their own thing and just kills it. Right. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I agree with you. I think it's so cool to see people up level and, and grow and change and take on new challenges, projects, tasks, and, Mm -hmm. and really be successful. Yeah, or just new mindsets sometimes. Yeah, so it all shifts. Yeah, I, I, one of the girls that works for me now, she came to me shortly out of college, and now she's this beautiful woman. And I'm like, whoa, this is so cool to watch. And so I'm like, awesome. look at how much you've grown just emotionally and just spiritually and the whole package. And it's mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty neat. Right. So for somebody who's listening to this and – whether they're a designer or they're, they're in another industry, but still creative. And they're like, Oh my God, I definitely need some systems because, you know, I'm doing all my, this work and I'm burnt out and everything's taking longer. Do you have a suggestion as to where they could start? Start writing things down. Like literally everything that you do within a project or everything you do within a day, both write it down highlight the things that are working 
uh-huh. you know, um, maybe use a different color highlighter. Yes, of course, I'm color coding things. Oh, me too. <laughs> I, I, me I too. Designer. <laughs> highlight the things that are working. Highlight the things that are not working. Highlight the things that you like to do. Highlight the things that you don't like to do. And then go through and figure out what can you outsource? So first of all, get some of the stuff off of your plate because as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, like there's only so much that you can do. So if you can outsource something, outsource it. Then you go back and you take a look and you say, okay, so here's the things that are working. I'm going to put this in a, a, like for us, it's a chronological timeline for the most part. So I'm going to put this down and whatever makes sense for your industry. And then the things that aren't working, once you've identified them, because once you take pen to paper and you've identified them, it's so funny how you're like, well, yeah, duh, quit doing that. But But I think that there's two things. One, it becomes a habit. And secondly, is like, it's, it's neurologically proven that we create these paths in our brain that just keep repeating themselves. So in order to get out of that habit, you have to recode your brain basically. So when you see it on paper, it's kind of like seeing the number of calories in a donut. You know, you're not going to eat those for breakfast every morning. Yeah. It slaps you in the face. So then you look at that and you say, okay, well that I'm not going to keep doing that, but I'm going to do this instead. So then you keep adding to it and, and reworking it. And eventually you have processes that work and create a process for everything. How do you answer the phone? What is the script that you use? How do you order your office supplies? What is the checklist that you use? It's literally dumbing everything down to the point. And we call it, this is funny. I forgot about this. We call it the Fiji effect. I literally tease my team whenever we're like creating something new because our business is growing or we're creating a new service or something. Like if one of us were to win the lottery and go lay on the beach on Fiji and I don't have Wi-Fi, how can somebody else do this in my place? Mm -hmm. And so if it's written down, somebody can do it in my place. I'm going to be laying on the beach in Fiji. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to use that. Absolutely. It's much better than saying if I got hit by a bus... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to put that out there. No, which is why we switched it to Fiji. <laughs> but I do want to lay on a beach in Fiji. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, we were close. We, we were close. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, uh, you have some really cool resources too that would help people kind of even take like the next step in systems yeah. and processes. And can you share those? Sure, absolutely. Thank you for Great, asking. Thank- You're welcome. I have some that are just open for the general public that are at my designforthecreativemind.com website, courses and resources and things like that. But for your listeners, I have three things because you have such a wide audience. If it's just somebody who needs help with some design, you know, we do virtual design. We've been doing it for years. It's, um, It's a way that individuals can get some assistance from afar, if they're willing to do a little bit of the work themselves. And so we call that e-design and I'm offering 10% off. Um, anybody awesome. who calls in and says, Hey, you know, I heard you on the podcast, right? And then I have a review and planning guide. That's good for just about anybody who's in a small business. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just in general, if you're in a position of any responsibility 
And it's a review that is basically a list of questions that help you assess your business and plan for the future. So I do it every year. Sometimes I do it every six months because it really dives down into some of the nuances that you don't otherwise think about. You just go through the routine. Right. And then if anybody is an interior designer, decorator, home stager, or they want to create their business, then I am offering a hundred bucks off of my Design for the Creative Mind Interior Design Business Masterclass. And so, yeah, it's up on the website as well. um, Or they can just call me and say, hey, I heard you on on podcast and we'll get them all hooked up. Great. And we'll have all your info and the links in the show notes too. So if you're listening, go there and we can get you hooked up and connected to Michelle. Yeah. Super easy. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm really excited. And again, you and I are so aligned because I do the same thing. I have both the life blueprint and like a business assessment that I want to give my clients, but I do regularly to keep me aligned with, am I achieving what I want? And just asking myself different questions. So I'm not in the rote day-to-day groundhog yeah. experience. Yeah. Cause it's so easy just to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, but then you're not growing. And maybe you're, maybe you're rinsing and repeating something that is just not in your best interest in the long run. Exactly. Exactly. So cool. So again, just kind of circling back to growing the team and putting things on autopilot and communication being so important. Mm-hmm. How do you build boundaries so that you're not necessarily like over communicating or over complicating things so that you can actually step away? I, a lot of it is just everything's written down. Okay. Everything's written down. It's just, you know, follow this process, but it's also providing space for the team to give input and say, this isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. And then we have weekly meetings and so forth, but our boundaries are oftentimes more necessary with our clients. So ah, getting okay. a text at seven o'clock at night, you know, asking where their couch is or something, we put boundaries in place and communicate them with our clients as we're, as we're courting them. And then as we're onboarding them, um, okay. we don't share our, our cell phones with our clients until, until potentially later. Like that's an option that the designers have, but then there's sometimes the clients are like, Oh no, you're not getting my cell phone because I know you'll be calling me multiple times. Right. But I've taught my team that if your client is ever asking something before you've told them, mm-hmm. then you've neglected that client. So you should always be a step or two ahead of them, telling mm-hmm. them what's coming next and what to expect right. so that they don't need to text you at seven o'clock at night saying, hey, when did you say my couch was going to be here? Because they already know it's going to be delivered a week from Thursday. Okay. So those types of things, I think, has um, it, it keeps my team happy too. So I put a lot of these things into place so that I didn't see my team being pulled in 77 directions. It's like, then let's just not put our cell phones on our, on the business card anymore. Oh, okay, great. So yeah. boundaries, I think they're very important. And it's just like raising children. Uh, oh, they'll, so they'll great. Run yeah, they'll run you ragged if you let them. Yes, they will. <laughs> oh, yes, they will. Yeah. And I think like if you, you know, I refer to it as being set up for success, where like if you're telling your client what's going to happen, 
mm-hmm. right? They're more at ease, but they're less likely to need the answer at the moment that, you know, at seven o'clock when they think of it, they'll wait till the next day because you set them up for this is how we handle communication. This is what the deal is. Yes, there's always an emergency. So X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And it's, and we, we do our Friday follow-ups. There's Mm -hmm. nothing more frustrating than a construction project that I've been the recipient of, and I don't know what's coming next. I don't know when a contractor is going to be on site. I don't know when the end date is and so forth. This was before I started my company. So one of the things that we implemented early is every Friday, we send every active project an email. And it might just be nothing has changed, you know, right. but, I'll be, I'll, but I'm here for you. And here's a funny meme, you know, via email. <laughs> yeah. So we, we keep it light, but it's, it is that, like you said, they don't have to text you when it pops into their head because they know they're going to be hearing from you on Friday. Right, right. Yeah. I think that's so great because it's proactive and not reactive. Yeah. It's like a therm, uh, we're the, one of the things that I try to share with my students is that you need to be the thermostat and not the thermometer. You're setting the temperature. You're not reacting to it. Absolutely. I think I'm going to end with that because I think that's a great way to close. So everybody who's listening, be the thermostat and not the thermometer. Michelle, where can everybody connect with you? Um, I'm very active on Instagram, of course, because it's beautiful photos and so forth. So Instagram is the best place to start um, ML Interiors Group, as well as Designed for the Creative Mind. But I also have websites of the same handles, mlinteriorsgroup.com. ML is in Michelle Lynn and designed for the creative mind.com. And from there, you can also spin off. So if Facebook's your thing, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. I don't do the Twitter. That was just overwhelmingly noisy to me. Pinterest, very active on Pinterest. So yeah, I am pretty close to everywhere. You are, you are. I don't do Twitter either. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not on Pinterest. So. No, Pinterest is, is definitely ideal for, for my neck of the woods. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you have beautiful pictures. Thank you. So Thank you. awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, I've loved talking to you and it's nice to know that there's another soul sister out there who just can geek out on systems and processes <laughs> as much right. as I can. <laughs> and still be fun and still be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of a weird mixture in my head, but it works. <laughs> I know, when I was saying that, you know, people can't read my mind. I'm sometimes I'm like, Oh, thank God, because it's really confusing up here. The left and the right side of my brain. <laughs> yeah. The big swirl. The big yes. swirl. So, well, thank you for being on and to everybody who is listening, I will see you next week. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated, like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want? Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's thetribeofleaders.com.